today we are talking about, oh, what are we talking about? Oh, the aligned path for you. <laughs> and breaking down how difficult that is, right? Um, at the start of all of my work, I remember writing in a journal furiously um, this, I want to live life on my terms. And I had to really break that down and pick that apart. What are my terms if I got to decide? And then this entire journey has been recovering, uncovering, uh, breaking down the structures that existed in my head and in my heart that were holding me back from being able to vibrationally align with the things that I wanted. And that's kind of what our community structures can do to us. That's what our familial structures can do to us. They can build up this resistance to match the vibration of what it is that we want. And so the breaking down of that is really important. And it really comes from asking this question, what would you do if you just got to live life on your own terms? What would that be? And so many of us kind of stop short of that because we're picking like, oh, but what would let me still live my life the way that people see me as living it? What would what would still put me in alignment with this comfort path that I'm on? What would not challenge me? And I think they choose something less because of this still scarce mindset that we have structured up here. Like you really can get the things that you want out of life and it's okay to give in generously to what those things are and find and match that vibration. And it is hard to unstructure that, but it is a beautiful thing once you do because sort of feel on fire a good majority of the time. And that's really why we're all here, right? <laughs> we want that beautiful, fired up, excited human being that we used to be when we had those old dreams. Well, maybe those didn't pan out or maybe we're rehashing and finding our way back to them. And every step towards that is the restructuring of how your mind operates in this world and really getting back to what you're called to do here on earth and what it is that you want to get out of this life. Okay, let's go. Welcome to season three. Um, I would love to tell you that season three is full of so many twists and turns and craziness that's going to come in. And honestly, it could be. But this podcast is my own personal journal of escaping from what I deemed a life that wasn't really fit for me. And that started in season one, rooted in the fact that my dream had died and I didn't know what my goals were in life anymore. And as we've walked through the valley of what that looks like and everything encompassing, we've been recording. And so I'm excited to be going into season three. I don't know what's in store for us, but I can tell you that from season one to now, every day feels a little bit better 
and a lot more aligned. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're just finding this today in season three, um, you can go back and find all the past episodes. I started at around the age of 30 recording this podcast um, every weekday, working through this really painful point in my life. And we're just starting into season three, and I'm excited to see where we get. It's a whole lot of entrepreneur, creative vibes that are going out into this world. And the more that I get to experience that, the better that I feel. So gear up, load up, and let's all go out and change the world. However, that looks for us. But more than anything, let's forgive ourselves for our dream dying and start getting back to rebuilding after that. Hey, how you doing today? Uh, okay, let's go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness. We can't help it. We have to do it. I set mine as the example for you to inspire whatever your greatness is. Trust me, it's not hard. Just start looking for it and call more of it in. And I realize if you're just joining us, you're going, oh my gosh, yikes. This podcaster gets on their high horse every day and talks about how amazing they are. Cringe. Cringe. Guys, That's a problem, right? That's a problem. That's a problem that we are working to solve. We should feel good about other people feeling good about themselves. And we should encourage other people to speak to their greatness more often than less. And so I volunteer as tribute and will not discontinue celebrating myself because of how transformative and important it is. And so if me doing it makes you uncomfortable, hopefully it pushes you past that discomfort and allows you to do it for yourself. Because you think it's uncomfortable to listen to me? Try doing it for yourself, right? And probably the reason that you're reflecting that is because there's still a lot of discomfort in you celebrating yourself. And so me doing it would probably be extremely offensive. And that's what we need to start working on. It's super important. Okay, so (laughs) my great thing um, is this... this new level of attraction. And what's beautiful is all of this (laughs) comes from generosity. And I know that that is a hard, hard take to sell in our current day and age. Yikes, give first. Yikes, don't. You gotta take, 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 take. And I'm, I have not seen good examples of where I took and acted as if this world was scarce and as if me putting myself out there for the good of others wasn't more important than me just taking and taking and taking and taking. And (laughs) 
that generosity always puts me in the right vibration, attracts the right-minded type of people, and hasn't the work always has when I was in sort of the I'll give, but I plan to take at some point. I'm going to give, but I know I need to get something out of this. I'm here because this is what I need to do for where I'm trying to go. When I was in that spirit of giving, I didn't attract great things. <laughs> I attracted more people who were giving in that same spirit. And now that we've shifted to understand that, like, no, we're just giving. We're gi we're giving. I have always, and I know my husband, when we started in on um, our financial work, that was always the goal. It wasn't like to sit on piles of money and go, oh my gosh, we're so brilliant. Yay. It was like always to have enough that we can give back that we can put our money towards fueling the communities that we live in towards fueling other people we believe in and that that vibe is a good one and it's a hard one to perfect um i would say especially and maybe this is a problem elsewhere but i know in the midwest there is this very very scarce mindset kind of at the undercurrent of a lot of communities, of a lot of families, and it runs through and through and it is poisonous because the world, although, right, scarce to certain people, there's no real way to transition out of that mindset unless you just purely start believing in the abundance of the world around you, in the abundance of blessings that can come to you should you just believe. And when we're constantly speaking of the scarcity, we're bringing more of it to us. And can you imagine if one family did it, but we had a whole community of family speaking to the scarcity? Imagine how that might impact the very community we're living in, the very uh, abundance that maybe our offspring have grown up to believe in, but then are convinced otherwise. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how that could spawn generations of the same thing over and over, copy and paste, copy and paste. I watched a movie this weekend and um, that was what one of the characters said. Yeah, I'm, I'm fourth generation impossible. Um, and she was really speaking to how their small town, the small mindset in that town was going to stick her in that town forever because that's just what her family does. That's what they're sort of promised. Even though she wants something bigger, she can't escape that. And that very much is what I'm talking about here. And it's not to say that you can't escape. It's just that mindset is hard. I would say that was one of the biggest challenges that I had to overcome was the embracing of the abundance of the world. When you're kind of surrounded by speak to the scarcity, right? When that's the constant notion, when those are the constant words flowing around you, 
you got to change it up, right? You got to get around people who aren't speaking to scarcity. You got to get around people who are speaking to abundance. And you're like, Hannah, how do you do that? And this is exactly what I'm talking about. Generosity will lend you to the people you need. And so sometimes that looks like volunteering for something, right? Giving of your time and your energy because maybe you can't afford to hire a coach who can coach you right out of that. Or maybe you can't afford to even buy a book that could maybe take you to that next place. But there are always, 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 always opportunities to be generous, no matter where you're at. And so maybe we all sort of take that approach to get us a step closer or to get us in the right frame of heart because that vibration, right? The vibration of someone who's who's giving, who believes in abundance, who understands how to align with people who are going to set. I mean, it's just, it's cosmic. And some of you are going, well, I don't have time. And that, right? Scarce. Where can we find time? And I'm not saying go volunteer for something that's going to take all of your time and energy. But it's a great test. Because there probably is little investment other than your time. And maybe you can start experimenting and surrounding yourself with these people before you like, I don't know, go buy the thing or take the course or put money towards it. Why not experience it first? And there are plenty of volunteer opportunities out there for you to do that, for you to give an experience, whatever it is. And then you could go, ma, I've been doing this for a couple of months. I really like these people. I really enjoy this thing that I'm working with. That was great. I'm going to try it. It might be uncomfortable, but I'm going to experience it. I'm going to be generous with my time, with my gifts, with my talents. Hey, I don't know if I know how to do this, but I'm going to jump in and, and just see where I go. Maybe I like it. Maybe I don't, but like try. <laughs> and the giving, right? Even if it's of your time, you don't necessarily have to give money, give your time, give your spirit, give your energy and see. And maybe you end up hating it and you go, well, uh -uh, that's not the goal. That's not the dream, huh? But aren't you glad that you experienced it first? So you could say, nope, or you confirm, yes, even when I'm doing this for no real plus in the bank, when I'm just doing it and experiencing it and volunteering, I love this. This was cool. This lit me up. I didn't expect that. This is wonderful. Or I did expect that. And I really like this. And I want to do more of it. And this is how I want to do it. And, and this is what I liked about it. And you can start picking through that. And then you can make a confident, firm decision that this is what you want to do right now. And it's sort of takes that shift in mentality where we're not just standing there with our hand out before we go do anything, where we go, huh, yeah, let me experiment. Let me see. And maybe that looks like volunteering, or maybe that looks like going on a shift, or maybe that looks like, I don't know exactly what that looks like for you, but like, try it. And always be giving from an abundant place 
right? If your tank is completely empty, it's not worth going and trying to volunteer. Find where you have space in your heart and in your head and in your schedule to go try something else. And if you don't have any of those things, then I don't recommend it um, because it will probably turn out negative no matter what. And I'd hate to ruin something that could be very exciting for you (laughs) had you been in the right abundant mental state. So try it on for size and always give from the place of generosity when you're trying things on. Because it's only likely to attract more of those beautiful things. But I'm I'm feeling great about continuing that path of generosity and better understanding how those buckets sort of fall and align with what I'm doing. I'm, I think that's the greatest thing ever. The clarity that comes with continued movement is beautiful, right? And sometimes that looks like just taking a risk, maybe feeling silly, but maybe feeling amazing. You don't know, but you do it anyways. And you always do it from generosity. Okay, that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your great thing. It really can be simply anything. Did you feel great about waking up today? Did you feel great about reading a book today? Did you feel great about doing absolutely nothing? Did you feel great about watching a movie? What felt great in your life? Call it and call even more in as you go through this. Okay, so today I wanted to talk about, oh my gosh, and I wish that I had the exact words that they use, but again, reading from that book, Flow, and not the like commercialized version of corporate flow, which kind of makes more sense than what I'm reading, but honestly doesn't because this is getting into the psychology of what makes someone happy. And I think so often, right, we try to like corporate happiness. Here's what it looks like. Let's buy a pool table. These are all cool things, but really what makes a human happy. And they talked about in this book how people get lost and they kind of choose one of two paths. And this is where my life dramatically changed was when I decided the the second path. But the first path they talk about is the path where people choose something that's unaligned, but aligned with what other people believe in them, aligned with what other people want from them, aligned with, right, outward forces. These are not things that they decided to do. These are sort of things that people guided them and decided for them. And I think about my past life. Hello. Hi. This is like a completely different human being. I can't even really explain it. I was sitting with a group of people kind of just talking and I was just like, this is, I'm glad that I'm this person in this moment. I am extremely grateful for that. And old person in this moment would have just been so drastically different. And honestly, now being where I am today, gross. Mm, That's not a good person. That's not a person I would have liked being in the situations that I'm in now. And so (laughs) this old person, this, this human who's making decisions based off of what the expectations around them are becomes 
super limited and becomes slightly angry and probably aggressive because they know somewhere deep down they're not really fulfilling what it was that they were put here to do. But the expectations continue. The expectations grow as we add, I don't know, you know, as we add people to the community or we add different expectations of aging, right? We're supposed to get the bigger house and the nicer cars and all the things, even if we can't afford them, we're supposed to be able to figure that out because we're supposed to get raises. We're supposed to stay on the path towards winning. We aren't supposed to disrupt the system. If that's what was working and the community at large believe that you are successful, you're supposed to just continue on that. You're not supposed to question it. And the second that part that they talked about, and this is, this is definitely the harder path. The one that you decide. The one that becomes aligned with the things you want and believe in and feel great in. And I always like to test this one. And this kind of goes back to the generosity we spoke to this morning. And people get real nervous when I say this. Trust. (laughs) Most people won't call a meeting with me because they probably don't want to give them, take the medicine that I'm about to dish up. But here is what I say. Well, what would you do for free? No question. You'd do it for free forever. What, what would that be? What if, what if money didn't matter? What if location didn't matter? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if you just got to decide? What if there were no parameters of measures of success? What if we took all those things down? We stripped all of that away, all the expectations of other people, all the expectations of the community at large, all the... United States of America expectations of what it is to thrive. What if we took all of that away? What would you do? And for me, that was write, podcast, create companies, like birth things from my ideas. That Those are the things that I would do. And I had to start with the most realistic because, hi, yeah, me standing here as someone who really had very little experience in, I don't know, launching companies, <laughs> which I kind of had experience in it, uh, but really on the marketing side, not on the how you actually do that side. And so <laughs> that wasn't realistic in the beginning when we first started challenging that. And even when I removed everything, it was still like, that's not going to be the first one that we bite off. Okay. Because we don't have the community right now. We can build that over time, but we don't know the people. We aren't surrounded by those people just intrinsically because of who we are. And, and so I think like picking the one that's Taking the step that's realistic from right where you are, that's where I always suggest people start. And then they go, well, but how will I know? How will I know if it's successful? How will I know this? What if no one pays attention? What if no one listens to the podcast? What if no one likes the post? What happens then? And then that's where I come back to the super annoying thing. (laughs) If you wanted to, you would. And if you truly loved it, You just keep doing it because the people and lack thereof or abundance thereof really aren't a good measure. 
The good measure is what you want, what you believe in, and what you would do if no one was watching. Dance like no one's watching. A phrase that I like to yell at my children as they get out of my car (laughs) for dance. (laughs) And then they turn around and annoyingly roll their eyes at me. But I, I, you know me and motivational posters. I am here for it. Dance like no one's watching. And that's essentially what I'm asking you to do with your dreams. What if no one was watching? Would you still choose this? And if the audience is is dependent, if your happiness is dependent on the audience, if your happiness is dependent on the mass adoption of what it is that you're doing, then my suggestion is to go back to the drawing board and find what it is you would do for free. Find what it is that lights you up like nothing else. What is that? What is that? And it's such a crazy notion because we sort of get conditioned into this idea that it has to look, that success has to look like this, that we must follow this pattern of life, that this is the regular pattern of life. We would go to school in a traditional setting and then we would graduate said high school And then we would go on to a college, some prestigious college that we had to file a lot of applications for and pay a lot of application fees because that is what is most important. We should only go to the ones that have the application fees and that have, you know, this bougie entrance existence. And then after that, we shall settle in with some form of college romance that we have manifested over our four years, trying to find ourselves, but inevitably losing ourselves in this relationship because we never really had time to get to know ourselves. And so then we shall settle. We shall move together. We shall create a life together. And then we shall create children. And then... We shall just start living through our children because inevitably all of the dreams that we had fell off when we had those children. And now maybe our job becomes making life better for those children and we really have no dreams of our own other than theirs. And you can imagine what a gross condition that makes for those kids. That expectation is high for a little eight-year-old. Here, live my dreams. Here, I'm going to push you so hard that you end up hating this. And I only speak from uh, very specific and maybe more knowledgeable than most experience of having coached athletes who were pushed, um, usually not for reasons of their own, usually just by their parents and really guided by the expectation at large, created by their parents, created by their community, created by those things. And watching athletes really struggle with how to navigate that because they know what's true to their heart, but they're being told that they should want or believe or want to do something else. Yikes. It's hard to watch. And I wasn't really even all that tuned in before. And 
yet I could pick up on this, that like intrinsically this wasn't what that athlete wanted, that it changed at some point. It became some bigger fish that they never imagined themselves frying. And the fish that they're frying are the dreams of their own parents being projected onto them. Yikes, it's hurtful and I shouldn't say it out loud and I should definitely stop saying it, but it's so true. And had I experienced the world as my old self, that is exactly what I would have set my kids up for. They would have been living out my and my husband's painful past. We would have been living through them and pushing them harder than they deserved for what they want. Like I want them to experience sport and dance and all these extracurriculars, not for success, for excitement, for love, for joy. Imagine sports being joyful. No, they're too competitive. There should be no joy. There should actually be an abundance of joy because that is what it's about. It's about teams and teammates and working together towards one goal. And if that inevitably is flow for humans, right? Being challenged, having something to work towards. And when we do that with a group, it's like exponentially more fun. And that's not what it is very often. Because we get lost in all of the expectations of outside. And that Ugh, is hard. But that's exactly what this is. When our dreams, when our lives are impacted by people on the outside, we tend to lose ourselves in our own truths. And so that's exactly what that book was breaking down today. When we're kids, we just act in the present moment. <laughs> we don't Think about what's coming next. We don't really have to, right? Because someone's taking care of us. Someone's going to feed us. Someone is going to manage this for us. But when we grow up or as we grow older, we start to understand the societal expectations of how we're supposed to operate and who we're supposed to be. And that is made even more challenging by adding in our parents and our familial expectations. And it's really no wonder why all of us sort of get lost and why a lot of people say at an earlier age than I think healthy, well, I want to do that because I want to make a lot of money. Well, that's probably a telltale sign that you're coming from a scarce environment. And as someone who adopted a dream like that, because of the scarcity of the environment that I was raised in, that is scary. Because I would have had someone not come in and said that that was an unrealistic goal for me. I probably would have pursued it. And I probably would have ended up right where I am today. feeling lost and confused as to how I even got here and how much I hate this job because it doesn't really align with who I am and what I wanted. This was what other people wanted. Other people wanted me to go make a ton of money so that I could come back and, I don't know, change everybody's lives. Why? 
But like as a first grader, that was my goal was just to make a lot of money. And so I picked the only thing that I knew that made a lot of money and went with it. And somewhere in there, right, I picked something else that had the potential to make a lot of money or what I thought would make a lot of money. Likely, there are no professional volleyball players making a crap ton of money. Uh, There probably are. I can think of who they are, but yeah, I don't know. It's sort of this healthy and unhealthy balance of what are communities guide us to when we open ourselves up to that. And the danger is some of our communities really aren't built in abundance with abundance mindsets. Some of our families aren't built with this abundant universal alignment mindset. And a lot of them aren't built asking you the question of what you want. And That is a hard question because it is so layered with this understanding as you get older. And this is why I'm trying to take good notes on my kids as they're younger, because it gets layered on, right? Even as best as we try to keep our children from that, it's going to get layered somewhere. And if we continue, right, raising them in environments that are very similar to how we were raised, we know that that's coming. And so our job is to create the example of what it could look like to pursue your dreams and keep moving towards that. And then pay attention to the things they're saying now before the layers come on, before the communities start to absorb what they believe is aligned for them. And even if they don't have those notes, can we keep them in line with the things they say that they want? They're obviously not going to know when they're this young, but they do still know what they were put on this planet to do. And so how can we help them navigate that? And how do we navigate it for ourselves? Because we have to set the example. And so the quickest way to that is asking yourself the question, what would you do if there were no expectations, if nothing in this world came to play the most unrealistic life that you could imagine for yourself that would just set your whole soul on fire, what would that be? What would you wake up excited to do every day, whether a million people watch or zero people watch, what would you wake up excited to do? And then maybe you just hang out with that for a while because that's going to be a hard pill to look at. And then maybe you start thinking about what the first step towards that could look like. And a million steps after that come. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, go ahead and check us, me, it's just me, out on (laughs) all of our socials. I post every day, uh, post with some inspirational, I don't know, quotes and movements, um, definitely on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at The Death of a Dream, also on LinkedIn, but I think that's just me. It's just Hannah Ness, Um, but you can check out 
kind of some daily encouragement to go down, chase your dreams, and live your best life. You can always check back here in the show notes for anything that we might have talked about at some point in the show, anything that I'm creating at this given point. I won't necessarily talk about it on the podcast every single day, but you can always find what I'm working on in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. You, all of you, whether you listen to one episode, five minutes or five seconds, make a difference to me. And I couldn't be here doing this work if no one listened at all. So every person over one is just a bonus. And I feel extremely grateful to be a part of your day. Thank you.